today about the rock of love. We have been celebrating this Christmas season and we've been studying the love of Jesus. There's no greater topic. There's no greater power in the universe. There's no greater gift. The love of Jesus and the love of God for us. And we've studied in, in these weeks before Christmas, we've studied why he came, that he came in humbleness, the sacrifice that it took, and the love that he displayed. And so we're in this, we are in a constant pursuit. You are in a constant pursuit of understanding how much God loves you, how much tenderness and compassion he has towards you, so that then we can love others in the very same way. Hallelujah. So we've studied all this for a purpose. You're going to need this in the coming times. This is our journey. This is our journey to understand God's love and to walk in God's love. In, because in the, in the current and in the coming times, in order to stand strong and not succumb to the chaos and the terror around us that, by the way, will be increasing. You all know that. It, but it's nothing to be fearful of. We are going to be required to not let our love grow cold. You will be required to not let the love of God that's been shed abroad in your heart grow cold. And the, the most important, the elemental issue is that we, we must continue to sow the love of God into our own lives, through our own lives, and sow that love into every circumstance that we face. You, in order to stay strong, to stand strong, you are going to be required to sow love into every circumstance. Even when your flesh is wanting to act another way, or when your logic is telling you to go a different direction, you're going to have to stand on the rock of love, the God, the God that you know. What does it say he is? It says God is love. Hallelujah. It's going to be required, and sowing love will be the, listen to me, the only way, the only way to stand above all the evil, that it's going to be being unleashed in the end times. We must intentionally and we must fully understand God's love, receive God's love for us. It will be your strongest weapon. We have to know his love. We must love God with all of our heart, with all of our passion. We must love God with all of our passion. He's passionate for you, and we need to be passionate about him. It will be the only way that we overcome, and you will be overcomers. You are overcomers because of Jesus' finished work. The word tells you that, okay? So as we stay in the vine Jesus, as we stay in him, abiding in God's love, we will be more than conquerors in all that is coming, enduring to the end. Hallelujah. So before I go any further, because I don't want you to get discouraged early on, I'm going to tell you this is a message of warning. This is a message of warning. But ultimately, it is a message of overcoming. It is a message of encouragement. It is a message of hope. Look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that we get to look up. Thank you, Lord, that we don't need to be focused on what's going on here, that we can look up and see our redemption. Hallelujah. We thank you for that, Lord. In Christ, we get to have him living and moving and breathing through us. What, what greater promise can you have? Th okay, please, stop and think about it. 
Scripture tells us in Christ we live and move and have our being. That's hope for me. That's hope for me. It should be hope for you. Acts 17, 28. For in him we live and move and have our being, as some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. So as we abide in him, we live, we move, we have our being, in what? In his already accomplished victory. He has nothing for you but victory. Okay? You get to live in what he has already accomplished. Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Come on, guys. You should be speaking these out. Greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I am more than a conqueror through God who loves me. God will complete his good plans unto the day of Christ Jesus. The plans that he's begun in you, he's going to complete. You just stay connected. You just don't be moved by what's happening around you. You, you become singly focused. 1 John three twenty one through 24. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, okay, so just think about that. If, if you walk, if you know how much God loves you, if you understand his infinite love for you and you walk in that love, can your heart condemn you? No. No. If you truly understand how much God loves you and you walk in that, there is no way your heart will ever condemn you. You don't serve a God who condemns you. It's Satan who's the accuser. Okay? Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask. Why? Because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. There is a very simple way, very simple, very simple way to do that, to do what pleases him. Believe on Jesus, believe on Jesus, and walk in his love. Pretty easy. Believe on Jesus. Walk in his love. And this is his command. Listen. To believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. Who in here can do that? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those, verse 24, those who obey his commands live in him and he in them. So we get to live and move and have our being in him. And his greatest command is, his greatest command is love. This is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. Hallelujah. So for a few brief moments, not none of you would ever walk in fear, I know that, because you do not have the spirit of fear, but the power of love and the sound mind. Okay, but we're going to look in Matthew 24 what it says is coming. So that, and, you know, we need to be aware of the times. We don't need to be moved by the times. Okay? But we need to be aware of the times. So we, we want to be aware so that we don't shrink back because he's not pleased in those who shrink back. The power of love does not shrink back. All right? So what's coming? Matthew 24, I'm going to read verses 1 through 14, and then 42 through 44. Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. Do you see all these things, he, he asked? This is Jesus talking. I tell you the truth, not one stone here will be left on another Everyone will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered, watch out, watch out, 
that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Christ, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Do not be alarmed. See, we respond differently than the world responds. We've already been told what's coming. Why would we be alarmed? Why wouldn't we just say, Lord, your plan is coming to pass. We're here to hold back the darkness and get as many people saved as possible so that as many people can go to heaven and we're rejoicing that you are completing your plan and we are not alarmed. See, we get to live in a whole different place than the world. Hallelujah. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Okay, listen, this all sounds very familiar to you, correct? As we're reading through this. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. And these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. And you will be hated by all nations because of me because of Jesus. At that time, many, listen, many will turn away from the faith, none of you, none of you, and will betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people, not you. You're going to be on the unshakable rock, not deceived. That's you, okay? Because of the, listen to this, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most, most, will go cold. I'm not going to be in the most. Can you say that? I'm not going to be in the most. No way. I don't want to be any part of the most. Hallelujah. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Verse 42. Therefore, keep watch. Keep watch. Because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready. This is a be ready. Be ready sermon. Because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. So I want to go to Luke twenty-one twenty-six. And Jesus says this, that when the end times come, this is what he says, men's hearts will fail them for what they see coming on the earth. So we're not going to be moved by what we see, right? Men's hearts fail because of what they're looking at. Well, we're not going to, we know what's going on, but that is not going to be our vision. That is not going to be our focus. That's not going to be what we see in the spirit realm. Right? Hallelujah. That's not what we are going to see. We are going to pay attention. We must pay attention to how we allow the things that are going on in the earth around us to affect us. And we're going to say, no entrance into my spirit. I have the spirit of God dwelling in me. And in him there is no chaos. There is no darkness. What what resides? How do we what resides in the spirit of God? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. <laughs> well, that just describes every one of you. <laughs> I know it. Every moment of every day. <laughs> right? Yeah, man. <laughs> so, in Mark 13, Jesus goes on and he warns that we need to be alert. We need to stay on guard. We need to keep watch and we need to not be found asleep. Okay, those are lots of warnings, but they're sort of all in the same vein. 
So in these times, from this passage that we just read, we are warned not to let our love grow cold. What is your number one pursuit? Yeah. We're not going to let our love grow cold. The agape love, the love of God shed abroad in our hearts, we are not going to let that grow cold. We are going to hang on to that for everything. Hallelujah. So we're warned, don't let our love grow cold because of the increase of wickedness. The in, it, it, it's a done deal. The increase of wickedness is coming. But we don't have to respond to it by allowing our love to grow cold. Okay? The second thing it says is we are warned not to let our hearts fail us for fear, due to fear. Okay? You don't have a spirit of fear. You have the spirit of God dwelling in you. So when you see these things, there's absolutely no reason for us to be, a fear, to be fearful or to be afraid. We're held in the hands of the Almighty God, the God who's more than enough. So we must remain vigilant. We must remain steadfast. We must remain attached to Jesus. Don't let go of the vine. Focused on Jesus. So in order to live above this culture of fear, which is what you're, what you're called to do, it, it's your position already. It's yours to lose, right? Because it's already your position. You are, you are called out of the kingdom of darkness and you've been translated into the kingdom of light. So you get to live above this culture of fear. In order to live above, to stay there, in order to stay above the culture of fear, the culture of hate, we are living truly in a hate culture, in a culture of hate. People are spewing hate every chance they get. And we need to not let it taint us or make us cynical. We don't want to respond to that, okay? So in order to live above that, to live above the persecution and the deception, we must be firmly planted, firmly established, firmly rooted, firmly, firmly grounded in God's love so that we don't look at the circumstances and become fearful, number one, and so that our love does not grow cold and we do not become hard-hearted. When you see all this hate, you know, it could be, it could be easy to become hard-hearted and allow consciences to be seared. But when we stay in the, in the love of God, that, that won't happen, right? Because that's not of him. He doesn't have that, have that in him. So staying rooted and grounded in the love of God is, is the only way. The only way to walk above the chaos. Hallelujah. And when, you, when we do this, it means not only are we going to survive, you are going to thrive when the world is not when there are famines and all these other things going on, you are going to thrive. You are going to overcome. You are going to live in the protection of God. You are going to live in his deliverance from the chaos. That's where you're going to be. That's your dwelling. So the way to love is to abide in Jesus and to know his love and to keep our eyes focused on him and him alone. To keep our hearts focused on his love. That's the way into the Psalm 91 blessings. Abiding in him. We're going to abide in him. So, how do we stand and not let our love grow cold? Do you think that would be an important thing to study out? Yeah. Since we're not supposed to do it, since we're not going to do it, so I'm going to give you like four different things. And you can think of more probably on your own. Listen to the Holy Spirit. He'll show you. So how do we stand and not let our love grow cold? First, number one, we must renew our 
spiritual vision. Renew your spiritual vision. Renew it to stay strong and effective. Well, what's my spiritual vision? Well, my spiritual vision has to match God's vision, right? That's the only vision worth having. So we're going to match up with God's vision. Mark 13, 5. Jesus went to a solitary place where he prayed. After that, he said, let us go to the nearby villages so I can preach. That is why I have come. Well, do you know that's your mission too? You're here to know the gospel, and you're here to share the gospel. So you have the same mission, okay? So what did he do? It says he went to a solitary place and prayed before he went out to accomplish the vision. Before he went out, he said, before I go preach, I'm going to do this. So do you think you need to do this? Yeah, we need to do this. We must pull back. We have to build in time every day to have a solitary place with Jesus, to have solitary time with Jesus so that we can stay built up and refreshed in the end times. We, must, we have to take a step back. Sometimes, beloved, with all the rat race, we, we've got to step out, we've got to regroup, and we have to just have our time. You have to have time with Jesus every day so that you can stay strong. Hallelujah. He drew his strength from the Father. And we have to draw our strength from the Father. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us. Okay? So Jesus needed solitary time to be effective. We need solitary time to be effective. Not only do you need solitary time to be effective, you need solitary time with the Lord to be discerning. You must, we must, I must be discerning of the times. We have to be discerning of the times, like the sons of Issachar, okay? We have to be discerning so that we won't be taken by surprise, all right? Mark 6, 30 through 32. The disciples also had to go away and rest. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. So they were doing all this great stuff. Then because so many people were coming and going and they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come away with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Get some rest, beloved. Get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. We, got, we gather God's peace when we go away with him. We gather God's peace when we rest in him. Now, does that mean that you're not working and doing all these other things? Well, probably not. You're probably going to work. You're probably going to do dishes. You're probably going to eat. But you all know what I'm talking about, right? Through all that busyness, that's not the essential part. You take that rest with him, and all the rest of it just flows. Okay? It doesn't become a struggle. So let's look at Habakkuk. We're going to look at part of the oracle that Habakkuk received. Because when Habakkuk was troubled, he was troubled by the treachery. He was troubled by the evil. He was troubled by everything that was going on around him and evil that was flourishing. And what was God's response to him? God's response to him was maintain the vision. Renew your vision. I bet if we all stopped right here today and we know the word, I bet every single, well, I'm not a betting person, but I should say that every single person in here has somewhere in their life where they've allowed their vision 
to sort of droop down below God's vision. Because sometimes the perfectness of God seems too unreal for us, but it's not. His supernatural is meant to be our natural. His supernatural is meant to be our way. The vision that he has for you is so much more spectacular than what we even realize, and we need to make it our goal to renew our vision into the splendor of his vision. Okay? So here's Habakkuk, uh, chapter 2, and I'm going to read verses 2 and 3. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation, okay, so this is after he's, you know, he's worried about all this treachery and evil and darkness. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. Do you want to be a herald running with a revelation of God? Wow, y'all are just so quiet. Yeah, I kind of want to be the revelation of a herald. I want to be a herald of the revelation of God. Can we be any more lukewarm? I'm teasing you, but come on. Come on. What greater thing than to be a herald of the revelation of God? You get to be that to your generation. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. No word of God, no vision of God, no revelation of God will ever prove false. Every man can be a liar, and God is not. You must see the end from the beginning. You must see the end from where you are now. Hallelujah. Though it linger, okay, though it linger, though I'm not really seeing it come to pass right now, I'm not going to be moved by what I see. I'm not going to be moved by what I feel. I am only going to be moved by the word of God because that's his vision and that's what he's spoken into my life. He has spoken his word into my life. He has spoken his word into your life. This is what's decreed over you. Hallelujah. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. All we have to do is agree with it. What's that word? Quit living in the molly grubs? Don't, don't, let, your, don't let your spirit sink into the molly grubs. Hey, old timers, is that, was that the term? I don't know, okay. It was something like that. None of you wants to admit you're an old timer. You know what, that's a really bad attitude. Because old timers have a lot of wisdom. And y'all ought to be thankful for it. Hallelujah. So, Habakkuk reviews all this calamity, and no matter, no matter what, he rehearses, he, he stays in, he, he contemplates God's faithfulness and rejoices in him through every hardship, through everything that he sees all around him. Habakkuk 3.17. Though, listen, listen to how bad it was. And he didn't get moved, okay? Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vine, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. Well, does this look pretty bleak? Does your world around you look pretty bleak? Does it matter? (laughs) No. Hallelujah. It looks like nothing's happening. It looks like nothing's there. It looks like disaster is lurking. And what does he say? Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be 
joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. Remember that. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on the heights. Look up. Your redemption draweth nigh. Look up. Establish your vision with God in the heights. In the heights. He enables you to walk in the heights. Keep your vision established there with him in the heights. Come up higher. Set your mind on things above. Doesn't the scripture tell us to do all that? Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. So God's word is our spiritual vision. Nothing else. God's word. Anything that agrees with God's word. That's your spiritual vision. So we're going to put our certainty in the word. And we are not, say, I am not, I am not going to adapt my vision to the circumstance that's contrary. Never adapt your vision of God, the vision God has for you to a contrary circumstance. Hallelujah. Don't let the vision be altered by the chaos. Don't let the vision be altered by the dysfunction. And you know, you know you're, you're like, oh, Lisa Marie, that's all just, you know, you're just talking theory today. No, I'm not talking theory. I am talking theory. I am talking the word. I am talking the gospel. But if you need healing, if someone in your life needs healing, are you going to alter the vision that God has, the perfection that God has to the circumstance that you're in, that you're facing, that you see? No, because it's a lie. And I'm not going to believe a lie. So you can apply that to anything. You can apply it to your finances. You can apply it to family relationships. Your job is the application, right? All right. Mark 13, Jesus ended his entire discussion of, about the end times or the end of the age, in verse 31, and he says, in, in Mark 13, 31, he says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Hallelujah. If his words will never pass away, where should we be getting our vision? Where should we be getting our plan? From his word. That's our template. That's our template. So where should we get our only wisdom? Come on, you, this is interactive. <laughs> where should we get our only wisdom? Where should we get our only guidance? Where should we get our only stability? Where should we get our only peace? Where do we get serenity? Hallelujah. Y'all did really well on that. Hallelujah. <laughs> I love Jim. So where are we going to establish our feet? The word, the rock, hallelujah. Indeed, we are going to have all these things. We're going to have his wisdom, his guidance, his stability, his peace, his serenity. We're going to have all these things when we stand on the word and know the love of God, the love of Jesus for us. Hallelujah. So, that's number one. You need to renew your spiritual vision. Okay? Number two. You need to stand in your separateness. You must stand in your separateness. You have been called out of the world. You don't want to look like the world. You have, called, you have been called out to be separate, all right? The Israelites, go through the Old Testament and find out how many times did God say when they would go into a conquered land and, and, and they would go in and he would say, do not intermarry with the pagan culture. 
do not intermarry with the pagan culture. Well, don't intermarry with the culture around you. So many people want, they, they, they don't want to stand out. They don't want to be seen. They don't want to be noticed. For all the wrong reasons. Because, you know, like, they get ashamed or embarrassed or something like that. Oh, my goodness. Rejoice that we get to stand out. You are standing out for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The yes and amen of all eternity. Hallelujah. You know, so many people want to be part of the trend. Well, honestly, what are most of the trends going on? They're really bad attitudes. They're really wrong doctrines. Oh, my. Thank the Lord that you have been given wisdom and sight and spiritual knowledge. And go ahead and and be blessed to stand out. If you're a Christian, you're already different anyway. You're different Rejoice in the difference that you are. We need to stand in that difference. We are called out of the world and into Jesus. And we get a whole new playbook when that happens. And we need to go by that playbook. Hallelujah. So as times become more and more tumultuous, rejoice knowing that God has shown you how to be separate from the chaos. We should rejoice that he's given us a whole new map. He's he's set a whole brand new course for us. Thank you, Lord. So I'm just going to stay in that stream. I'm going to stay in that path. I'm going to stay on that course to the best of my ability, prompted by the Holy Spirit, giving me wisdom. Right? And you're going to do the same. I'm not going to look to the left or to the right. I am not going to be moved. I am going to stay in the position that he's already given me. He has given you a whole new position. And you just need to stand there. Stay there. Keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, solely focused on him. Proverbs 4, 25 through 27. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet. That means no stumbling, right? A level path. You're not going to stumble on a level path unless you get pushed. (laughs) And even then, we win. So (laughs) some of you will get that inference, and maybe some of you won't. I don't know. Anyway. Make level paths for your feet, no stumbling, and take only ways that are firm. See, I don't have to go sink in any quicksand. Christ is my firm foundation. I would sing it right now if I could, but my voice would never match Emma's. And I wouldn't want you all to be disappointed, so I guess I won't sing it right now. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. So how do we keep our foot from evil? He just told us. Look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. When we do this, it makes a level path for us. It makes a way that is firm for us. God is my firm foundation. The rock on which I stand. Come on, Emma, help me out. (laughs) Come on, let's sing that song real fast. Man, I'm sure they don't like it when I do this to them. But it says here, make level paths. Take only ways that are firm. So see, I, I don't have to sink. I don't have to be part of the culture that draws me down. Sorry, Emma. Just just a chorus or two, Emma. That would be super. 
I know Audrey played it before, so Emma doesn't normally play it. Okay, y'all, get up and sing this with me, with her, with us, with the Lord. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. When everything around me is shaken, I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus, cause he's never let me down. He's faithful through generations, so why would he fail now? Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaken. I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus, cause he's never let me down. He's faithful through generations. So why would he fail now? He won't. He won't. He won't. He will never fail. He is your firm foundation. He is the rock of ages. He is the rock of your salvation. He is the rock of love that has established you in his love. The strongest power in the universe. Thank you, Emma. Okay, so that's number two. Number three, we sing praises to him. We remember his faithfulness. We stay thankful. Do you know unthankfulness leads to a bitter root and, 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 and it, it destroys, it's a destroyer. Lack of thankfulness, lack of gratefulness. Remember the good things that the Lord has done for you. Hallelujah. Praise empowers us and it brings rest to our souls. When you are praising the Lord, Honestly, when you just enter into praise for the Lord, can you think of anything negative? No. No. Your spirits fly into the presence of, the, of, of, of God. So we want to stay thankful. We want to praise him. It brings rest to us in the middle of turmoil. We get to walk in peace and rest. Psalm 138. Okay, I'm going to read you a whole bunch of scripture here. I'll probably fly through it pretty fast. But Psalm 130, and, and as, as we're doing this, I want you to think about all it's saying about what praise does, what thankfulness does, what remembering the faithfulness of your God does, because he's a faithful God. Psalm 138, 1 through 3. I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. Before the gods, that means chaos and gods of I idols and those sorts of things. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. I will bow down towards your holy temple and will praise your name for your love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. So see, that's where we get to dwell. That's where I want to dwell, in his name and in his word. And praise helps us do that. It tells you right here that praise is going to help you do that. Hallelujah. So I'm going I'm to do that. I will bow down toward your holy temple and will praise your name for your love and faithfulness, for you have exalted above all things your name and your word, when I called, you answered me and you made me bold and stout-hearted. Do you know that praise makes you bold and stout-hearted? When you acknowledge the faithfulness of God and you remember the things that he's done for you, you become bold, you become stout-hearted, you become invincible. You walk as more than a conqueror through Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So we're going to remember his faithfulness. We're going to sing praises to him all our days. 2 Samuel 22, 1 through 4. 2 Samuel 22, 1 through 4. 
David sang to the Lord the words of this song when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. Listen, he said, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God. He's, he's, he's recounting the faithfulness of the Lord. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. Remember, horn means strength. He is my stronghold, my refuge, and my savior. From violent men, you save me. Are there violent men around you? Are you saved from them? In Jesus, yes. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and I am saved from my enemies. Hallelujah. Remember your rock. Remember your fortress. Remember your deliverer and praise him. Hallelujah. Psalm 147, I'm going to read verses 1 through 18. We, we must listen to this. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. How pleasant and fitting to praise him. So this must be our heart set. This must be our mindset. No matter what's going on, this is our mindset. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the exiles of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars and calls them each by name. Great is our God and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. The Lord sustains the humble, but casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make music to our God on the harp. He covers the sky with clouds. He supplies the earth with rain and makes grass grow on the hills. He provides food for cattle and for young ravens when they call. How much more is he going to provide for you? How much more? How much more? Hallelujah. His pleasure is not in the strength of the horse, nor his delight in the legs of man. Listen. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in what? His unfailing love. That is our hope. That's why we study this so much. I know sometimes you probably come into here and you're going to, oh, another message about love. <laughs> sometimes I say that. <laughs> I go, really, God? Really? Really? The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. Extol the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion, for he strengthens the bars of your gates and blesses your people within you. He grants peace to your borders and satisfies you with the finest of wheat. He sends his command to the earth, his word runs swiftly. His word will not fail. He spreads snow like wool and scatters the frost like ashes. He hurls down his hail like pebbles. Who can withstand his icy blast? He sends his word and melts them. He stirs up his breezes and the waters flow. Hallelujah. Beloved, we, can, we must hope in his unfailing love. And we cannot let our love grow cold. So number three, this was number three. We praise him, we remember his, th his faithfulness, and we stay thankful. Last, number four, but not least, we must be spiritually disciplined. You must be spiritually disciplined. I still have a ways to go, but Paul said that bodily discipline is of benefit, but that spiritual discipline is even more important, okay? We must remain disciplined in the word to become overcomers of the world. Disciplined in the word, and we are overcomers 
in the world, over the world. Let me put it that way. 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. Have nothing to do with godless myths, old wives' tales, and old wives' tales. Do you think there are lots of those going around godless myths right now? Godless doctrines that people are, are, are believing in and acting upon? Okay, well, we have a pretty clear instruction here. If it's not in the word, if it's not according to the word, it's a godless doctrine. Okay? Rather, train yourself to be godly, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things. All things. Spiritual discipline will benefit you everywhere in life, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So I want to live in that promise. So I'm going to be spiritually disciplined. I'm going to make myself aware of what's in here. And I'm going to stand on it. 1 Timothy 4.16. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them. Because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. So don't let the foxes get in. Persevere in this doctrine. And I'm sure every single one of us has an area where a little fox may have gotten in, but we're not going to leave the fox, are we? We're going to chase the fox out with the word. Casting down every evil imagination of all selves against the word of God. Right? Casting down every evil imagination that involves itself against the word of God. Right? That's what we're going to do. All right, Hebrews 12, 25 through 29. See to it. See to it. I think that's a command. Do you think that's a command? Yeah. <laughs> See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Now don't be afraid of this passage. This is a lovely passage. God's shaking is a beautiful thing. Therefore, since, listen, we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. The kingdom of God, our spiritual kingdom, cannot be shaken. And this is where you get to live and dwell. Hallelujah. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. So, I know this might seem lengthy to you, but I want to look at the word shaken from Strong's, from the Greek. It means to agitate, to shake, to cast down. And in, in usage, we would say, I shake, excite. Listen to this. this when, when I read this, the Lord told me something, and it is so awesome. I shake, excite. Listen, this one. Disturb in mind. Okay, remember that one. Disturb in mind. Stir up, drive away. So, this disturb in mind that, that caught my spirit so quickly because here's what we need to do. We need to allow the word, the vision, let's, let's remember we're renewing our vision. We need to let the word of God disturb in our minds, drive out, shake up, 
um, stir up, so disturb in mind anything in our minds that is not congruent with this word, that is not exactly synonymous with this word, that is not in total agreement with this word. We have the responsibility to disturb in our mind, replace it, replant it with this word. Disturb it. Get it out of there. See what I'm saying? Hallelujah. That's awesome. That's an awesome definition. So we have to allow that disturbing. Get it out of there. Everything that's, that is contrary to the word of God. And ask the Lord to reveal those things to you. You know? We want to we have a, you know, a purity about us. And, and, and we don't want to allow logic and circumstances and, you know, all these types of things that stand in the way of the word or that are contrary to the word, okay? So, moving on in Strong's, it says that um, when, when things are shaken, this is going to be the result. Listen, this is beautiful, beautiful. The perfect... State, this is, this is the result. The perfect state of things which will exist after the return of Christ from heaven and will undergo no change. That's what we get to have in us. The perfect state of things that will exist after the return of Christ and undergo no change. Talk about immovable. Talk about rock solid. And it goes on to say, these are opposed to the present order. Okay? Stand out. Stand up. Stand out. These are opposed to the present order of things which are subject to vicissitude and decay. What is vicissitude? Vicissitude is constant change, constant flux. How many of you really want to live in a state of constant change and constant flux? No, I, I don't. I certainly don't. I want God to change me. But when God changes me, it's solid. It's not going back and forth. It's not one moment this and the next moment that. You know, I, I, we don't have to live that way. We don't have to live in decay. When God shakes things out of our lives, we no longer have to have this constant up and down, flux, roller coaster lives. We get stability. Hallelujah. So this says to me that as I stay submitted to Jesus, as I stay submitted to my Lord, as I remain abiding in the vine, God will produce in me, God will produce in you a perfect state of things so that in this present order, in the midst of all this chaos in the world, we will not be having vicissitude. We will not fall into decay. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. We will remain unshaken by our faith in Christ. We will not undergo the destruction that is affecting the world. (sighs) Does that give you hope? Well, I got more to say. (laughs) Wow, that gives me hope. That encourages me. That gets me all fired up. Ephesians 4.14. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. You are protected from this. We become immovable. Hallelujah. So we get to stand in his perfection, in his strength, resolute in Christ. What does Psalm 138.8 say? In, in the King James. 
It says, I will perfect that which concerns thee. Wow, that's a promise y'all need to hang on to. Hallelujah. So the storms and the winds, they're going to come. They, they can come, but they're not going mo- to knock me off my rock. They're not going to remove me from the rock of my salvation. When I stand on the rock of his love, which is what we're talking about, and I don't let my love go cold, and I don't let my heart fail because of the fear around me, right? This is what we're talking about, right? So then those storms aren't going to, they're not going to blow me off course, The devil loves to send you storms, but they don't have to blow you off course. Okay? So I live and move and have my being in Christ at that point. Just picture yourself doing that. Just picture yourself living and moving and having your being in Christ. When all this other chaos is going on around you, I just get to rest and live and move and have my being in Christ the lover of my soul, the compassionate king whose mercies are new every morning, who loves me unconditionally, who loves you unconditionally. Praise you, Lord. I get to live in this redeemed life in Christ. Remember, we've studied this before, the the sozo life, the, the totally redeemed life in every area, the zoe life. What is that? Remember, we studied that last week, the God image life in you. That's where we get to live. Hallelujah, in Christ. So we we end up with these two beautiful outcomes from the shaking. And both of them are really good for you, okay? So we have these two outcomes. Number one, as we stay submitted, say, I am submitted to you, Lord Jesus. I submit to you right now everything in my life. As we stay submitted to God in these end times, in these end times, he will winnow away. He will winnow with his loving hand, with his loving hand. He will winnow away all the imperfections that hinder us. And he does it beautifully. He does it tenderly. He does it mercifully so that we will stand in the end with him. Think of that. Think of that. Above every chaos, above every darkness. Oh, rejoice in the Lord. Oh, rejoice in what you have. Hallelujah. We get to stand above all this treachery. We become purified. We become the spotless bride of Christ. I get to be perfected. You get to be perfected by the gentle winnowing hand of the Lord. Hallelujah. I get to stand before him boldly, untainted. Hallelujah. You are beautiful. You are beautiful to him. Remember when we studied grace? The utmost in beauty? That's how he sees you? And number two, when those storms and those waves come to try to shake us, to try to cause us harm, yet we will remain unshaken. Hallelujah. The world will be shaken. The world is going to be shaken. We won't even recognize it. But you are not going to be. You are not going to be because you are submitted to Jesus. Hallelujah. So we get to be, in the end times, strong and immovable. We get to look up because our redemption draweth nigh. 
We are not living in roller coaster land. We are grounded with certainty in the love of God. We are not going to let our love grow cold. We are, gonna, we are not going to look around in fear about us and be the fear of, we are not going to be moved by the fear about us. We will stand. We will not let our lo- love grow cold. We will not let our hearts fail for fear. So four things, and, and I'm sure the Lord will minister many more to you. Renew your spiritual vision. This is a good time, the beginning of 2024. Renew your spiritual vision. Stand in your separateness and rejoice in it. Sing praises to him. Remember his faithfulness. Remain thankful. Find ways every day to be thankful, to thank him. And be spiritually disciplined. Hallelujah. So I hope this was an encouragement to y'all today. That's what the Lord had me minister to you. And so I love you all. God bless you. And right before...